Well, we've been in a series. Um, of course, we've covered other things at different times as we believe we needed two different subjects. But uh, we started a series some time ago, uh, some time ago called The Power of Words. And the previous messages are available on the website and on YouTube. And, of course, you can go back and scroll back on Facebook if you want. But on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you can go back, listen to all the previous messages um, if you missed them. But we'll recap a little bit and uh, cover some of these things as we go into what we have for today. But let's look at Proverbs 18, verse 21. You guys all ready? Yes. Are you ready to receive? Yes. Not just play in church, not just come in just to check a box and say, well, I got that over with. Because that's, that, that's a waste of our time. You know, we want to be... We wanna be you know, take things seriously. If God said to gather together and he put gifts in the church, then we want to be ready to receive. And uh, he meets us. Yeah, the Bible says he'll honor who honors him. So Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Why like we've talked about, that's... Uh, that's pretty straightforward and um, serious. Death and life. So we can say life and death. This is a life and death uh, issue. And it is. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Look at Matthew 12, verse 37. It says, For by your words you will be justified. This is Jesus speaking. By your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. By your words you will be justified. By your words you will be condemned. In James 3, verse 1, we read these scriptures before, and we, we were just going to touch on them. James 3, verse 1 says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. What is that saying? If you... If you it says, if anyone does not stumble where he's a perfect man, that means mature, that means complete. Able also to bridle the whole body. So what's that saying? If you can control your words, if you can control your mouth, you can control your, the rest of your being. Verse 3 says, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. So given the illustration of, of riding a horse and having a bit in their mouth... And turn, and turn, taking the reins and, and moving, you know, the bits in their mouth, moving their head, and then uh, commanding them through that to move their whole body. That big horse is moved just through that bit in their mouth. And that's the same way that our mouth controls where we're going and what we do. In uh, verse 4, it says, Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. So ships, as small or big as they can be, they're controlled by a rudder. And that rudder is proportional to the ship. It could be, I mean, in really, really big ships, that, that rudder may be really big, I mean, it could be huge. You know, you'd stand next to it, and it's way taller than you. But 
relative to the ship, it's tiny. And yet that rudder controls the direction of that whole, chi- whole ship. Well, this is, James is likening those things, that, the rudder, the bit, to our mouth. Our mouth, what we say, our words, controls the direction of our whole life. Not only just our body, just where we're going and where we're going to end up. And it's a truth. And, and I would say there's a good portion of people on the planet that just don't believe this. Otherwise, they would not say most of the stuff they're saying. And you don't have to look at anybody else and point fingers. What we need to do is just say, say, what am I saying? And look at my life. Doesn't do any good to, you know, don't get anybody else in mind. Well, yeah, so-and-so, they need to change their mouth. Just look, just, just think about us. And uh, how does this apply to us? Because, uh, you know, the, the further I get in life, you realize... Um, if you're going to do what what you're called to do, you got plenty just to keep you busy right there. You don't need to realize, you don't need to worry about anybody else. That that's a full time job. And the further you get in life, the more you realize um, issues that you're facing. Uh, most of that comes down to decisions you've made or, or the way we've reacted. You you can try to blame other people, but after a while. I, we are responsible for what we've done. And so you don't need to point your finger at anybody else. You don't need to talk about who should have done what anybody. Maybe somebody else should have done something. But you can't do anything about what they, you can't control them directly. I'm not saying we shouldn't deal with situations. But what we can control is what we say and what we believe and what we do. I got two amens. Is that true or not? Some people, maybe you're just thinking, going, I mean, that, that can be, that, that, that's a sobering thought, but it's true. You know, it's a lot easier just to, to rail on somebody else and talk about how, if only this, if only that. It's a different thing to say, I need to change something. I need to act on this. I need to do what the Word of God says. So the Bible says that what we say is going to determine where we go. It's going to determine what we have. It's going to determine what we experience. Let's look at Revelation 12, verse 11, or 12, 10. You know, we read these scriptures, but just kind of recap. It's been a little bit since we um, have covered some of this stuff. Revelation 12, 10 says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. But for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. It says they overcame him, who the adversary, the accuser of our brethren, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb, so by what Jesus has done, his, what he has bought and paid for for us, but not just that. By the word of their testimony. In Amplified Classic, it says they overcame, or they have overcome, conquered him by means of the blood of the Lamb and by the utterance of their testimony. In other words, what you say, what you do. So it's what God has done, but also what we do in our reaction to God. And one major way we act in faith and we uh, apply what what Jesus has done to our lives is through what we say. Because, and we covered this in depth, 
If you go back, you know, we've, we've covered different topics, but if you go back to the second message in this series, we covered this in depth, why that is. Because God has given uh, mankind authority in our lives. He, Adam, he gave Adam dominion over the world, over the earth, and Adam sold humanity out to the devil, sold, him, sold us out, uh, yielded to the devil. Yielded to, to um, you know, Satan, or Adam didn't have the moral right to do it, but he did have the legal right to do it because he was given authority. And so he bowed his knee to Satan, and the Bible now calls Satan the God of this world. God's God overall, but God had given dominion, legal responsibility to Adam, and Adam bowed his knee to Satan. So Satan has control over the human race. But Jesus came to redeem men from the control, when I say men, mankind, people, from the control of Satan and, and um, take them out of the control of Satan and put them back under the authority of God. Well, how, do you, how does that happen? You call on the name of Jesus, you believe on the name of Jesus, you believe in what he's done, and, and you do something. And so that, by you doing something, believing, that's what takes you, and you confess something. You know, well, I believe we'll read that, that verse. You know, Romans uh, 10, verse 8 says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. So you, you stated something. You, you have the authority to determine where you go and where you end up. So we have authority, and God has placed that in, in, in mankind so that what we say is going to go in our life. Not what somebody else said. Somebody, somebody else can talk about you, can say bad things about you, can say you're never going to go anyplace, can say whatever, but that's not what's going to go unless you agree with it. If you start agreeing with it and you say that, well, now you've, you're setting the course. It doesn't, nobody else has control over you or me. Unless we, we give them control. Satan doesn't have control. Quit blaming the devil. The devil's not that powerful. He's only powerful if we give him power because if we either believe the Bible or not, God has redeemed us from the power of the devil through what Jesus did. When we call in the name of Jesus, we are no longer under the power of Satan. Now, he can tempt you. See, this is how he works. He's subtle. He's a con. He can tempt you. He's trying to get you to do his stuff, to agree with him, so then he does get a hook in you and does have power over you. That's why he tries so hard to try to get you to say the wrong thing. Because if you say the wrong thing, you're giving him place in your life. But if we say the right thing, then we're giving God place in our life. If we say the right thing, then we're charting a course where God wants us to go. If we say the right thing, we're agreeing with God Almighty and his word and his will will come to pass in our life. We're not talking about hocus pocus. We're not talking about some magic incantation. We're talking about what the Word of God says. We're talking about God has given us, through the Lord Jesus, He has paid, bought and paid for us to have everything we need in this life. And so it's already His will. 
Anything that you need from God, you find it in the Word of God, find where He's, he's uh, uh, covered that, and then you're taking His words. You're not making something up. You're not making your goals and aspirations. You need to make sure that lines up with what he has said. But then if it, when you find what he wants for your life, that, that he wants good things for your life, then you're agreeing with him. And by you agreeing with him and declaring those things, that's how you, we give him access to do that in, in our lives for good. Now let's look at Mark 11 verse uh, 12. This is account of Jesus and, and um, his disciples here. So going into town and coming back out of town, it says, Now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. So he saw leaves on the fig tree, and that is an indication it should have fruit. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. So it wasn't the season, but he saw leaves, so he expected, well, maybe I'll find something. Verse 14, in response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So we're going to skip down to verse 21. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered away. So he cursed the fig tree and then the disciples saw it and saw that that fig tree he cursed, it's dead. So in uh, verse 22 then it says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. So now he's teaching him, teaching them. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So this is Jesus speaking, right? No man wrote this. This isn't somebody's idea. This is Jesus that just he just exercised and just demonstrating what he's talking about here, and now he's explaining it. So he, the, the fig tree, he said, no man, let no man eat of you again. They come back, that fig tree is withered up. So Jesus spoke something and it happened. Now, somebody said, well, that's Jesus. Look at what Jesus just said. Verse 22, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever, whoever says to this mountain. So he's not talking about just himself. He's not just talking to the, the people that, He's directly in his presence right now. He said, whoever. What does whoever mean? It, it means whoever. <laughs> whoever. This means who, whoever does what he's about to say. Whoever says to this mountain, you know, referring to something that they're seeing, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Now notice that. Well, let's just read the rest of the sentence. We'll come back. Does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So notice it says, be, if you say to the mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt, if he doesn't doubt in his heart. So what you believe has something to do with it. It's not just what you say. Thank God for that. Sometimes. <laughs> 
If you think back about the, to all the things you've ever said, in the negative sense, thank God we didn't get some of those things. Now, you're talking about what you believe, and if you say it over and over, you'll start to believe it, for good or bad. But this is saying if you believe something in your heart, so we're talking about faith. We're not talking about, well, I'll just say this and it'll just happen. People have misunderstanding of this stuff. We're talking about what Jesus said and what the Bible's speaking. He said, if you believe something. Well, what do you believe? What, what, are, what are you going to believe? What is Bible face, faith based on? It's based on what the Bible says. Therefore, what God has said. So you're not making something up. You're basing it on what the Bible has said, what God already said you could have, what God already promised you, what God already said is yours. Either in the word or by his spirit speaking to you, which will always line up with what's in the word. In other words, you don't just make something, well, God's saying this to me. Does it line up with the word of God? And it's got to be actually him prompting it in your heart. So there's no, like making something up and just coming up with something whack on the sign, going, well, I'm just going to say this and it's going to happen. That's just a misunderstanding of what the Bible says and what Jesus is saying. He's not saying that. He's saying if you, if you believe something, if you believe what God has said, in other words, God says, go, you do this, and you say, all right, I believe what you're telling me I can do, and then I'm going to say, yes, I can do it. That's what he's talking about. And if you do that, then the rest of this verse is true. It's not just somebody making up saying, well, if that's true, hey, I'm just going to say, million dollars, show up in my mailbox tomorrow. And you're basing that on what? Well, I just thought it was a good idea. There's your problem. That's not what it's talking about. It's not talking about some weird, off-base, you know, magic incantation. No, it's what, if God told you something, if the Word of God says something, then you're believing that and you're agreeing with that. See, now you're on solid ground. And so it's what you say in, uh, in this vein that's going to make the difference. Now look at the rest of this verse. So let's go back to, to where it says, Be removed and be... Jesus said... Uh, let's go back to the, ver- the beginning of verse 23. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done... He will have whatever he says. So you have to believe something. You've got to believe. Don't doubt. Believe that those things you say will happen. And then what, he will have whatever he says. In the NIV, it's, it says, verse 23, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that they will, what they say will happen, it will be done for them. It will be done. So Jesus is explaining this principle. Jesus is saying what we can do as Christians. He said, whoever. And this is just a law. The way things God God put it into motion, the way He acts Himself... This is the way things work with what we decree with our mouth and then what happens. Let's look at Matthew 21, 18, just reading it in another account. <clears throat> another gospel. 
It says, Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry, and, and, and seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves, and said to it, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. Now it says immediately there. In other words, it says they came back. Well, immediately, those aren't uh, opposed. Immediately something started on the inside. And then that showed up on the outside. It says immediately it withered away. Well, it started. When they, when they came back, it was done. It was withered. When you, when you start to say something in agreement with God's word and agree with what he said and release faith that way, it doesn't always happen instantaneously. But it'll start. And the Bible says that um, the angels do his word. I don't have that reference written down, but it's in Psalms. The angels, they, they take your words and they're going to do something with it. Well, it's not always instantaneous. But it will happen if you believe God. Because if, if you're doing what we're talking about, you're not, or what the Bible says, you're not making something up. This is not your thing. Although this works for the world, people are having what they say left and right. Negative, positive. But truly, if we'll agree and do what, what, what the Bible talks about, believing God and doing what He said. So if God has told us things in His Word and He's leading us by His Spirit to do things, if we'll agree with Him and with our mouth and with our authority, like we read in James, chart the course for our life and agree with God, then you're giving Him access to do what He wants to do anyway and the power to do it in our life, and it will happen. It's just that, that straightforward. Verse 20 says, And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? Verse 21, So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, Be removed and be cast in the sea, it will be done. So it says, if you have faith and do not doubt. Faith is of the heart. Faith is not in your head. Faith is not what you can understand. Faith is not you figuring it all out with your mind. Faith is not what you see. Faith is of your heart. And so this... this frees us up a lot if we'll understand be, if we'll understand this concept because you don't have to see everything with your eyes how something could happen you don't have to understand it with your mind how it could happen you have to believe something with your heart and if you'll declare it if you speak it out with your mouth even if your head is going you are crazy it will still work we don't have to understand everything with our mind. I mean, look at how limited you would be if you had to understand everything with your mind in order to agree with God, because there's some things that are beyond your mind. For instance, how can you understand 
that if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, on His sacrifice, on what He did by shedding His blood, that that will save you from a hell and from death that you've never seen, Jesus that you've never seen, how is that, com- that computation, that calculation work that Jesus dying and shedding his blood is more than equal to all the humans that ever have lived and have, have, or ever will li- live, and that by calling on him, it means that you can be made right with God. How can you intellectually explain that transaction? You can't. In the, in the court of the universe, you can take it. Anything you know about it is based on what God said. I'm not saying you can't explain it. We can explain it based on the word. We're going to read a verse in, uh, in a minute. But you can't explain it intellectually. Like, how does that balance? How can I write out exactly how that calculation works? Well, you don't understand that. I don't understand that. We don't have to understand it. We need to understand what God said about it and believe Him. Thank God that we don't have to operate just even in the natural, in this life, in only things that we absolutely 100% understand. If you could only use products that you completely, thoroughly understood inside and out, we'd be back to the Stone Age in a lot of areas. Say, well, don't get, I mean, back to hundreds of years ago where there's no, and we were just talking about this. Man, we were, we were driving through um, an area up north, and you see, you know, like, go drive by a, uh, uh, an inn that is, I can't remember the exact number, but you know, it's like the 1756 inn or something. And you're looking at it going, what must it have been like for people to live in these areas, in that time period. When you say they built that building, they built it with the tools that existed then. That's a whole lot bigger job than what we have now. I mean, to cut stuff straight and to put it... I was like, they don't have any air guns to put the nails in. To even make to get the nails. You don't go about down to Home Depot and pick up whatever you need. Hey, you know, I want all this lumber. And I want all, you know, I want uh, this hardware and I got these nails and, you know, all this uh, finish equipment and none of that. And you didn't haul it in on an 18-wheeler up there either. But somehow you got there. And now you have to build it. I mean, there's people that are going around selling stuff. But I mean, to, to build, to have enough stuff to build a building that big? with those tools and everything, and at the same time survive? Can't down, go down to the grocery store. Can't go get your clothes. Just That's a whole other thing. So thank God, you know, but there was a lot of, it's easier to understand, like, what they were dealing with as far as you could explain a hammer. You know, okay, I see how it works. Now, getting using it successfully is another thing, but you're not talking about one of these. 
If you had to explain everything about this, I mean, I have a software, I have a computer engineering degree, I have a software background, spent over 20 years in the software in industry, and I, you know, I know from experience, there are people, there are many, many teams of people making this thing. There's the hardware, and there's all kinds of hard, different people in the hardware, then there's all kinds of people in the software, and there's n probably nobody that nobody understands in an intricate detail from top to bottom. They understand high level, of course, you have architects and stuff that understand it, but there's somebody that knows really well this little part, knows really well this part, knows really well this part, and then you got layers above that that these people know pretty well this part, but they don't really know about this part. And then you got people that understand the whole system really well, but couldn't actually get in there and change anything. And it is very complex. And if you have to know everything about that in order to use it, None of us get to use it. <laughs> and we can start talking about the car you drove up in. If you have, I mean, even if you're a mechanic, it's all, they have so much in the way of computer and electronics now that if you have to understand it top to bottom before you can use that, you're not going anywhere. Well, then, if that's true in the natural, it is so much more true in the spiritual. God has always been. Just that concept, your mind cannot comprehend it. You can act like you comprehend it, but the fact is, something that's just always been there, your mind is like, okay. Surely it had to have a start. See, that's what people say. Well, surely it had to have a start. Okay, fine, it has a start. What's before that? <laughs> well, then that means there, it just keeps going back. Well, your mind is not built like that. Now, if you have to say, well, I can... I can I have to understand everything. <laughs> okay. There's a whole lot of stuff you know you and I can't explain. I mean, it's just so much easier to come to God and believe He knows everything and His Word's true, and I, I'm just going to believe what He said. And see, that is of your heart. Your mind, I'm not saying we shut our brains up. We, God gave us a brain for a reason, and there's a time to walk by sight. If you go out, if you're taking a walk downtown and you go to cross the street and you see a car come and you better believe what you see. <laughs> Otherwise, we may have a hospital visitation or worse. Well, I don't believe that car is there. That's not the time to walk by faith, to, to, to walk by faith and not by sight. You, got, you need to go. God gave us a break. To, to, to use on, in functioning on this earth, but not when it contradicts what God said. Amen. And if God said something and you don't see it, you need to side in with what God said. Amen. And you need to say what He said, even when you feel like it's not true, because your mind can't catch up with it. Your mind is saying, I don't understand. We need to understand that that's okay. Okay, do you see the balance, though? Now, now people go off into the weeds, and then they start saying, well, I just, I can't see it, and it's okay because it's faith, and it doesn't have anything to do with the Word of God. And they start making stuff up. Well, if I can do that, praise God, I'll just believe for, you know, like I said, a million dollars tomorrow. And they have, If God told you, then you have something to stand on. If you're just making it up, that's why all this stuff gets a bad name, because people say, these people are nuts. They're just making stuff up and saying it, and then it doesn't happen, and people are like, that's not God? Well, no, that's because it's not God. But we can believe what God said, and the Bible is full, <laughs> full of times that...
people to do something that if you're trying to figure it out, there is no way to figure it out. It doesn't make any sense. You might as well give up now. Yet he said it. He told them what to do. And when they acted on it and, and agreed with him, then it came to pass, even though there's no earthly, no natural way it should. Let's look at Romans 10, verse 8, and then we're going to go to uh, an example. Romans 10, verse 8 says, What does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Notice that. In your mouth and in your heart. Two places. That is the word of faith which we preach. Notice the phrase word of faith is actually in the Bible. Just throwing that out there. Word of faith which we preach, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be, be will not be put to shame. So go back to verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth, what does confess mean? It means to say. What's it talking about here? How you get saved. What does say mean? How you become right with God. How you become born again, which the Bible talks about in John and other places. You become, what does that mean? Your spirit is changed. Your spirit is recreated. You, you are made in the likeness and image of God. Spiritually, you become new. You become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You, you come into the family of God. How does that happen? It says here, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, confess Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, believe it in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you've got to believe something. What do you believe? God raised him from the dead. Said in our place, for your justification. What is justification? For your acquittal. What does that mean? You're declared innocent. Why? Because of what Jesus did. You need to believe that. Then you say it. I, be- I, can- I, be- I believe it in my heart. And I confess the Lord Jesus. That's how you become saved. That The greatest miracle in the world is a, a, a person translating from death to life, becoming born again. And the way that happens is by believing something and saying something. You don't have to understand it. Well, I want to understand that transaction before I'm going to believe that and say that. That's where a lot of people, they stay. They're like, I just don't understand. You see a lot of things when you, when you believe and step out. The, the, the Bible becomes alive to you. Your, your heart is alive. Your spirit is alive. So things become clear to you. But you have to act on what you know. And then more light will come. The Bible is darkness to people that aren't, are, are, not, um, are not saved. They're not children of God. They're like, they're trying to understand it intellectually. But the way you understand the Bible is by coming into the family of God, the author of the book, and then when you be, your, your spirit becomes alive to God, now you can understand things because you're not understanding it with your mind. You're understanding it and perceiving it with your heart, which will give illumination to your mind. See, we try to go backwards a lot of times. We're talking about saying, see how you get born again. It's by speaking something. 
It says if, if, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Notice verse 10, for with the heart one believes. Here it says, with the heart one believes unto righteousness, which is right standing with God. And with the mouth, uh, confession is made unto salvation. So this is talking about being born again. But notice it says, with the heart one believes unto something. So with the heart you believe unto, it says, unto righteousness, which is being right with God, which is being saved, being born again. And it says, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Well, you could put in anything else that God has promised in here, and it's consistent. You could say, for with the heart, one believes unto healing. So you believe something. You believe what God has said in the word, that he himself took your infirmities, bore your sickness. We've run a a, a series on healing on Wednesday nights. that, That he has bought and paid for it fully, that we are redeemed from the curse of the law. That it is a done deal. If you believe that, you can believe unto healing. And then it says, with the mouth confession confession is made unto salvation. You can say, with the mouth confession is made unto health and wholeness. You can say what the Bible says and what you're doing is agreeing with God in the face of contradictory circumstances. So your circumstances haven't changed. Maybe the symptoms haven't changed. You know, any number of of things that you're facing haven't changed, but you agree with God anyway. You believe, and then you say, when you're born again, before you got born again, you you may not necessarily feel anything. You don't see anything different. You don't understand anything, but you see the Word, and you say, I believe that, and say it, and that's how it happens. You don't understand it first. You don't believe, you, you believe and say first, then it happens in the same way it happens with anything. But notice, you, you are believing in your heart, so faith has to be there. It's not just saying something, you got to believe something. But when you believe something, and then you're saying something, then the word of God is made manifest in our life because we are decreeing it. So we're agreeing with what he told us we could have, and we're saying, yes. I agree with him. It's like he's speaking in your life. But we have authority. And he won't override that. He won't override our ability. If we want to contradict him, we can. God Almighty can tell us certain things and then we can say, nope, I don't see it. That's called unbelief. That's... And people... A person could be stubborn in that. And again, don't look at anybody else. Let's just examine ourselves. Are we, have we been stubborn in, not, in being slow to believe God because of what we see? Because of what we feel? We don't want to be, you know, you don't want to, uh, you don't want to look at that negative side, but we, we, want to, we want to agree with God in the positive. We, but don't, If God says something, the smartest thing to do is agree and say he's right. And if you're going to talk to somebody else, don't talk about, well, I just don't see how. Say, he's right. Even if you don't understand, you just say what he said anyway, because we should get this down. He's smarter than us. He knows more than us. 
And so if he said something is true, we should just agree. We should talk like it's true. We should give him place in our life. We should talk to our family like it's true. Talk to other believers like it's true. Don't say, well, I don't see how. I mean, God said it, but I don't see how. How stupid does that sound? The creator of the universe said something, but I don't really think it's true. If you put it like that, it sounds really dumb. But it's, it's, a lot, it, it's a lot easier for that to come. It's a lot more subtle in practice. Well, I know the Bible tells me that, uh, you know, I, I, he's provided, Jesus provided healing and health for me. But, man, I don't see it. And the doctor said this. I, don't, I don't, certainly don't feel it. And there's it. that's the same thing. Well, I know I'm supposed to succeed. I, I know I should have all my needs met, but I don't see, Where's this going to come from? Where? Tell me where. How, how is this going to happen? How am I going to get that job? Where's that money going to come from? I don't know. How is that account going to happen? That's the same thing. If God said uh, that I'll supply all your need according to his riches and glory, if he told you to do something, by his spirit, and, he, and, and you know that's his will for your life, and then he, if he told you to do something, he wants it to succeed. If we, if we start taking sides against it, it's exactly the same thing. We're going, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to say something else. Well, that is exactly how we're charting a course. Now, let's look at Numbers 13. We'll see an example of this. Now, the Bible says that these, these, these accounts are written for our example. There are examples in other words, we can learn from what somebody else did, and we don't have to have these results in our life. So, again, we don't need to get somebody else, somebody current in our, in, that we know in our life and say, boy, I really wish they would hear this. We just need to apply it to our own life and look and say, does any of this apply to me, and what can I do to, to agree with God? This is... Uh, the word of God is given for our instructions so that we can partake of all he, all his truth and all he wants us uh, to partake of. What is available to us. So look at numbers. This is, this is the children of Israel, the Israelites, the beginning of numbers 13. And notice this in verse 1. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan. Now, this is the promised land. This is the land that they were supposed to inherit. It says, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. So he said, he told Moses, send spies to spy this out. I, and, and he had already said, I'm going to give you a land flowing, of milk, flowing with milk and honey. I'm giving it to you. God Almighty is saying, I am giving this to you. Okay? So this is God speaking. Now, if we skip down, so now they're going to walk this out. They, they're, they're sending out spies into the land. So they go in, and they send people out, and, and they, you know, one from each, or the people from each tribe, like they said, and they go out and spy it out, and they see what's there, and so then they bring back a report. They come back to the children of Israel, the people that were supposed to go, and then bring back the report, 
That's, where, that's what they're doing. We're going to pick up in verse 26. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So they had fruit. They went and spied it out. They brought back. God had told them, you go check this out. I'm giving it to you. So what is this? This is just an exercise in them walking out what in God's mind is a foregone conclusion. This is not seeing if it's possible. God already told them, I'm giving it to you. This is just them walking that out. And I'll say this, uh, you know, when we are in life, you are, you are going and I are, are going to have to walk out situations. In other words, you have the word in front of you. You know what God's will is by his general. You may have a word by his spirit, but you don't see it done in your life. And you need and you're going to just have to walk it out. And that's not always easy because it sometimes feels slow. You're walking through the situation. You know God wants you to have victory. You know God has good for you, but you still have to get up and take the step the next day. And you still have to get up and, and move, move the next thing or make the next phone call or whatever. And you can feel like, can we just jump to the end? I just want it to be over. The thing is, if you always want something to be over, your life is walking through all that in between. If we always want to just fast forward, you're going to miss all the good stuff that's going on now. And if we're really in faith, if we really believe God, then we can have peace while we're walking stuff out. In the middle of it changing. In the middle of, you know, in James, it talks about the rudder and you set the course over here. You're, you're, you know, your life's been going here, but you're saying, I know better now. God wants me to be over here. I'm going to say God wants me to be over, here, be over here. I'm going to agree with him. And as that ship is turning and moving, we can be, even while everything imperfect, even while that situation is changing, we can still be at peace. We can still be at calm. We can still enjoy the ride instead of just going, oh, well, just get over here. Because you know what? You can't go back and get that time. And there are good things happening all the time. Yeah, we'd like this other part to be done. But if we're going to wait for everything in our life possible to be all perfect at all times, you're going to miss a whole lot of days. So we walk things out. These guys are no different than us. Okay? We can throw stones at them, but really there's no point in that. Um, our, our, Our point is to learn from this. So they go, they check this out. This is supposed to be just part of walking it out. These guys are the representatives that are checking out the land and supposed to come back. And the, the rest of the congregation didn't see all the stuff there. They're, they're the people that are supposed to bring the information based on the fact that God is sending us into a land to check out what he has already given us. And we're just, you know, running logistics and finding out how we're going to make this thing work. That's really what it's supposed to be. So the other people have not been there. They're relying on the information that these guys are going to give them. Now, notice what they said. So they came back, showed him the fruit of the land. Verse 27, then they told them, saying, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, which is what God said. They said, yep, yep, check. It does flow with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. See, it is good. 
And they show it to them. Nevertheless, and this is where they're digressing. They're, they're going off the rails. Yep, God sent us there. Yep, it looks good. Nevertheless, or but. They are saying but in the face of what God said. This is never a good idea. They are, they are contradicting God. Who's right? God? Or fill in the blank. Some person that thinks they saw something so they know more than God. Verse 20, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Oh, I guess God didn't know that. The cities are fortified and very large. Oh, God missed something else. Moreover, he saw the descendants of Anak there, giants. Oh, God didn't know that, I guess, either. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. And your point is, what, God didn't know any of that when he said, go check it out? Really? I mean, this is, so this is what we, we, we got to apply it to us, right? This is what we deal with. God told you something, or God spoke something in his word. Something is written in his word. He spoke something by his spirit. Now we go to walk it out. And so, you know, spoke by something by his spirit and we get excited. Glory to God, I see this. Did you know the Bible says this? I can have this. That God, you know, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He's with me. Uh, that, that he has a plan for me that's going to glorify him. He's told me to do X by his spirit. Sat on it, seems good. Now you go to walk it out. And then you find out more information about it. The temptation is to start acting like God didn't know any of it. The temptation is to act like somehow God didn't see this. And because of what I'm seeing now, his word isn't true. And somehow, I, see, now I don't understand. When, when I heard something, I got this picture in my mind of how this is going to go down. And so I might be saying, yeah, we're, gonna, we're going over. But now I start to get more information. Now my mind says, what? I don't see how this is going to happen. And if we start speaking out, I don't see how this is going to happen. We're acting like God did not know what he's talking about. And this is the challenge right here. You will have every pressure to speak the wrong thing when you don't understand, when you don't see, when your mind can't wrap around. That's when we have to agree with God and speak it anyway. And declare what he said anyway. Now, notice what these guys said. So they're, they're saying, well, yeah, it's a great place. I mean, it's paradise. But, man... You got people that are strong there. You got fortified cities. You got giants. Man, there's all these people are dwelling all in all these different places. So I don't see basically how we're going to do it. I mean, it's a great idea, but I don't see. Verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Now, what is he talking from? He saw all the stuff, but he also is believing God, and he says, 
Let's go take it now. We're able. Let's go up there. We're going to take it over. We're able. What is he basing that on? On what God said. And he's saying it. He's saying, we can do it right now, guys. Let's go. So he's, these other guys are saying, yeah, it's great, but I don't see how. They're saying one thing. Caleb is saying, we can do it now. Verse 31, but, then, but the men who had gone with him said, we are not able to go. Flat contradicting what God said. They are with their word, they're decreeing and telling everybody else with them. He, so what, go back and look at what Caleb said. He said, let us go at once and take position, for we are well able to overcome it. Then they said, we are not able. They contradicted, and they're saying, they're decreeing, no, we can't. We cannot. That is flat against what God said. And if somebody is going to do that in their life, and God is going to say one thing, and you can have this, and if we are going to say, I can't, it won't happen, then we, our words are stout against God. Now again, we don't, the word of God is not to condemn us. The light, when it comes, don't look at what may have been in the past. If we've made mistakes in the past, we can't do anything about that. What we can do something about is what, out, what is out in front of us. So the word of God, it's not supposed to beat us up and go, yeah, you're right. Oh, man. Oh, oh, wow. And it's not to look at what somebody else did and go, oh, wow. They really, yeah, they really messed. It's to go, in my life, I see, man, I did exactly this. God said this. I said, there's no way. And I didn't, I did without it. What am I going to do going forward? That's the question. You know, sometimes it's easier just to keep looking back and, and complaining about what happened because then you don't have to look forward. You can blame it on what happened back here and that I made the mistake so I'll never go forward. And it's sometimes harder to say I can't do anything about that. But what I can do is say something now and to make your mouth say the right thing now. It's sometimes easier just to stay negative and look at the back and act like you can't go forward. But if we'll say, that's it. Okay, I've gone over this enough. I can't do anything about that. I know I said the wrong thing. I know I didn't believe. But I'm believing now. And I'm going to say the right thing now. And I'm going to agree with God Almighty now. And I say in in my life, He's right. He's God. And I may not know some things and understand things like He does. But one thing I know is that He understands. And if He said something, He has taken into consideration everything involved. And so I'm going to look at what He said. I'm going to declare what He said. And I'm going forward. So when you look at what happened here. So verse 31, the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we, acting like God is not able to make them victorious. Verse 32, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report. The King James says an evil report. They gave them a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying the land which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw are the men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. And so they said, we can't do it, 
We are grasshoppers to them, and we can't do it. And they did without. And if you know the story, you can go ahead and read it. The Israelites listened to the evil report, and they would not go forward, and they wandered around for all these years when if they would have listened and said and agreed with Caleb and spoken out and just said, if, if that whole crowd would have started saying, we can do it, you're right, Caleb, we can do it, we can go over, there would have been a, God would have backed them up, there would have been a rush going across that, that crowd, the Spirit of God would have been on them, and they would have had the strength to go forward. But they didn't. They didn't listen to the right thing. They listened to the wrong thing. But if you know the story, Caleb and Joshua, the only two that believed God, that believed they could do it, eventually all the other ones, they died out. God said, no, they're not going to go in. But Caleb and Joshua did have exactly what they said and what they believed, and they went in to the promised land with the younger generation. And every one of us, we have the ability, the authority to agree with what God said and declare in the face of a circumstance, in the face of something that's wrong, say, I'm going in anyway. This is changing. I will conquer. I will go over. And we're not talking about glorifying ourselves. We're saying we're going to do what God has said we could do. And we're going to give Him glory. And we're going to work out or walk out His plan for our life and agree with Him so that we're not handcuffing Him in what He wants to do. We're agreeing with Him in what He wants to do, declaring it, and then conquering like He would have us to do. And then you turn around and say, It was Him. I give all glory to him. He helped me because if it was up to me, I would have said, there is no way. I'm giving up right now. But when I looked to him and I said, no, I'm going to say what he said anyway. I'm going to agree with what he said because he's smarter than me. He already knows all these things that now have just come to my understanding. I am going to believe him and partake of all he has provided. He's faithful. He's a good God. And as we agree with Him, then we can experience what He wants us to experience.